a half pre-man. Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, we're going back to foil oil, man. We're going back. Thank God. I was sick of looking at the apex. Yeah. There's just something about foil oil that I love. It's going to kick off one of the biggest fights of the year, Adesanya versus Costa. And it's going to finish with probably the biggest fight of the year, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje. Basmo, what is it about Foil Island that makes the UFC that much bigger? And it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you the same question. Is it, is it like the way they market it? Is it like the way they show off the sand and the beach and it's almost like it feels like it's a, you're allowed into a, an exclusive club? I don't know what it is because the Apex doesn't have that feel off because they have Dana White's choosing a contender series and there's a lot of fighters who are obviously aren't signed by the UFC fighting there. So maybe the exclusivity of Fight Island is what really gets people like just intrigued. I think it is. I also feel it's shot better in Fight Island. I don't know if that makes any sense, but when you watch the fighters come out into the octagon, even though they're both coming out to nothing, it's got a bigger feel to it. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, if you move from behind a curtain in Fight Island, as opposed to like they almost come through the old fighter door, the apex, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the apex was built just for the ultimate fighters or or in case Dana was having a session in the place and he was like, right, you two lads can fight Justin Bieber against uh, Tom Cruise. But uh, the Fight Island was like made for big events. You know I mean? It really, really, really was. Yeah. And, and the Octagon's bigger in Foyle Island as well. Don't forget that. Yeah, true. Which I think probably, in my opinion, makes the fight slightly more intriguing. I feel like some of the, someone like uh, Sean O'Malley would have benefited more from a larger Octagon. Someone like um, Conor McGregor would definitely benefit from like a larger Octagon. How they can move around and use that space. As opposed to, you know, Colby Covington's going to love that small octagon. His opponent doesn't have many places to go. He's going to eventually take him down. Khabib probably would love to fight the Apex. You know what I mean? Just engage you at close range to him at all times to get the takedown. That's sort of what I was thinking. But uh, one of the, probably the biggest talking point of Fight Island, uh, leaving Fight Island, is going to probably be one of the biggest talking points of this Fight Island as well. Kazmat. Shemaev, <laughs> the smasher. That's just what like his like nickname should be, the smasher. Yeah. He for people, is, for people that don't know him, Ross, can you explain? Can you explain him to the people? That don't know? Uh, Kazmat Shemaev showed up. He's a Dagestani mauler. He fights out of All Star Gym in Sweden. Uh, All Star Gym has the likes of Alexander Gustafsson, Elir Latifi, and uh, many more. And he fought originally made his UFC debut against John Phillips, and then he fought two weeks later against our good friend. No, 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 a week. A week later, was it? Oh, 10 days, 10 yeah, days, because it was a Wednesday show and then the following Saturday show. Yeah. And he fought Reese McKee, and he landed 162 strikes across both fights, and he was hit with two strikes across both fights. He looks like an absolute one-man wrecking ball. This time, he's going to fight Gabriel... Mearskart, I can never say his name, I think Barry calls him the Mearskart, yeah. uh, at middleweight in Vegas, September 19th, and then he's going to go 
over to Fight Island and fight Damian Maya on one of the fight nights over there. Barry, have you ever seen someone who's like their gimmick or their UFC thing is, is like, I just do back-to-back fights all the time. That's my thing. I book two fights at the one time. When you're hot, you're hot, you know? And like the people really want to me and it's very... It'll, it'll get loads of people watching that fight night before he goes over as well because as we know, the last few fight nights, not many people have been overly excited by. I think like even the way we opened the show, we were like, oh, the UFC is going back to fight on. Like that's, that was the biggest takeaway from the weekends. He is the people's main event, isn't he? Does he get in the main card? Do they push him the way they do Sean O'Malley? Look what happened there. I'd almost co-main event him, to be honest. On a fight night? Yeah. Yeah, okay. On both. On both. Well, if you won the first. Yeah, well, if he loses, like, maybe don't co-main event him. Well, he's probably the most intriguing fighter in the UFC right now because he's all of a sudden one of the most talked about. And, like, as you said, the record that he has there, well, like, over 160 strikes landed only received two and two fights which is actually uh, that's something you'd see in the matrix almost but um yeah khabib wouldn't even have that good stats no this guy for people that actually haven't seen him as well because we don't there's nothing like going on and on and on about him he's only had two fights for in the ufc but um he's almost like for people that watch pokemon it's like he's the evolved version of P, uh, khabib so basically like if he was pikachu he'd be what like raichu He's I think so. Bigger, stronger, and uh, more direct, almost. So you can tell he learned off Khabib, and he's more. Uh... He's, he's he's basically taken Khabib's game plan, and he's brought it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's very impressive. It's like suplexes and everything are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what card are they going to stick him on, Ross? Over and fight on two fifty four with Khabib, or else? Uh, no, I, I I think it'll be earlier than that because the two fifty four card is so stacked, and we'll get to it in a minute. Give me one second. I just have to let the dog out. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, Ross Kernan? Uh, I think it will be one of the sort of midweek cards. I'm actually just going to quickly like have a, a quick stroll through uh, what the cards are beforehand and just like see where Ross Cadwell, matchmaker, sort of, you know, shoehorns have been there. Uh, one, of the, one of the fight nights doesn't have a main event yet, but there's sort of a... Marlon Royce fighting Corey Sandhagen that's sort of the targeted main event that one's not uh, absolute dead cert but maybe he probably wants to fight fairly sharp which it, it all depends because the first fight is at middleweight and then he's dropping down to welterweight so I would maybe push him towards the tail end of Fight Island and he has time to get that weight off him that's mad that's what he did last time but you know he might end up fighting on the first one and then sticking around the whole time till the last one He'll yeah, probably he probably couldn't get three fights in the fight island, you know? You, you would almost think that he would actually do the welterweight drop, make his way for welterweight, and then be like, right, now I don't have to cut weight again quite quickly afterwards, and then I'll fight middleweight. I almost think he's doing it backwards. Yeah, I know he's... He, he seems like a... Oh, a, a Ev, make sure to check him out. Do not miss him on fight island, because if you're going to watch anyone, make sure you watch him. But Ross, also, uh, we could have... Nick Diaz back out of retirement now this has been said loads of times so give me your honest opinion because like some people be like are they really going to talk about Nick Diaz coming back again like you know well all I'll say is Nick Diaz's manager put up an Instagram post of him and he looks in very very good shape now Nick Diaz always looks in shape but people are talking about it I'd like to see it you'd like to see it 
What if Jorge Masvidal wins the rematch against Nate Diaz, which is more than likely going to happen, and more than likely Jorge Masvidal will win? Would you love to see Jorge Masvidal versus Nick Diaz? Would I love to see it? I think it'd be cool to see it. I don't like overly need it. Well, I, I'm trying to think if, like, what's the money fight to get Nick Diaz back? I think that's the only money fight, really. Do you know, I don't think Nick Diaz has fought in the UFC since Conor McGregor made his debut. Uh, did he not come back and fight Anderson Silva? Yeah, but it was not like, well, you see, see, there's a technicality there because that was actually, like, scrapped because he, he failed a drug test after, isn't that correct? Well, like, well, because it was a non-result, it doesn't count. Is that what you're saying? Well, if you have a non-result payment in your bank account, I'm pretty sure that's a non-result. Yeah, but he still fought. The contest still happened. Like, I was off. Yeah, we were... <laughs> he, he was lying down, like, taunting him. Smacking his ass at one stage. Well, look, um, as you always say, calling the spade a spade, like, that supposedly doesn't count. But, okay, bar that fight. If, if I was to give you that fight, even though I should not give you that fight, because that's not on their records, man, you know? Well, it is. It's down as a, a no, non-contest. Yeah, but it's not in the win or loss column here. Yeah, his fight was 158-2013. Uh, I don't think Conor McGregor had fought just yet then. When, um, when did Conor make his debut against um, Grimmage? That is a very good question. I actually think it was not too long after that. I'll tell you now, it could be two tickles. It can't be too far after that, right? No, I think if I was to guess, I would say 2014. Because he was fighting in Sweden. He fought Marcus Brimage. No, 2013. So he was in the UFC. What, what date? Do you have the dates? The different dates? Um, yeah, so that was 6th of April 2013. Conor McGregor made his UFC debut. April 6th. And, oh no, wait. Sorry, Barry. You're right. It was March 2013. The Diaz fight. So it was the month after. Oh, so it was like yeah. So you should take it. You should take everything back that you just... I'll take everything right back, Barry. You were correct. <laughs> the king of MMA. Right, I'm done. Uh, if, you, if you like the show, make sure to like, share, subscribe. And as always, keep listening. Man, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe you. Yeah, uh, you almost destroyed me there with the no contest. And then, uh, Jesus, man. Man, I get the dates wrong. Yeah, yeah man. Get the dates. I get the, can't believe I got those dates wrong from seven years ago, man. Plus, imagine someone from the UFC was watching this and they were like, Jesus, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, Hate them, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't wait. No, they would have. They would have like hit the dislike button ages ago and clicked off already. Uh, uh, but um, Ross, let's get into it, right? UFC two fifty three and UFC two fifty four. The both will be on fight on. I mean, uh, as MMA fans, for people watching now and ourselves, this is something we're really looking forward to. Absolutely. Um, let's let's kick off with UFC two fifty three. You have two title fights. You have two undefeated wrecking machines. Israel Adesanya, 19-0, versus Paolo the Eraser Costa, 13-0. These two don't like each other. Uh, Israel Adesanya is probably the most polarizing figure to enter the UFC since Conor McGregor has. He is just a man who has his own unique style, his own unique swagger. He's done his own walkout with a dance routine prior to the Octagon. I've never seen someone do something so choreographed in my entire life. Uh, he's got pink hair at the moment. 
people are very, very much interested. Also, he's from New Zealand, so he's got like the whole of New Zealand behind him as well. So, like, the comparisons are definitely there. Paolo Costa, on the other hand, probably physique-wise, is one of the most terrifying people in the UFC. He is absolutely jacked. He comes for... Yeah. Yeah, like, obviously everyone knows Adesanya, but some people were asking, or they mentioned they hadn't actually seen Costa uh, live yet. So, like, if if you could go a bit more into depth about Costa and why people can't miss him. Man, you, you just interrupted me. I was halfway through it. I know, I know, but they need a bit more than the Adesanya one, you know, because everyone knows Adesanya. Of course. Paolo Costa comes forward at all times throughout the fight. He walked down Yoel Romero and beat him by decision. He is, they don't call him the eraser for nothing. Apparently, in this training camp, Paolo Costa is running through training partners. He is knocking out everyone in sparring on the lead up to Israel Adesanya. Who, Logan Paul and uh, Henry Cejudo? Both of them knocked out clean. <laughs> Pedro Costa is, is out there saying, bend the knee. Bend the knee. <laughs> he is a one-man wreck machine. And a lot of people have written me- off this fight. In fact, Dan Hardy himself even said that Adesanya and Till would make uh, Costa just look like a bodybuilder. Oh, I don't think so. No, no, bodybuilder. What, where, where do you come from with that? Because um, anytime I've seen Costa, uh, like, it's, you're about to see a, a proper scrap. Yeah, well, he's only been to the decision once in the UFC. He's knocked out Uriah Hall. He's knocked out Johnny Hendricks. Uh, he has two other knockouts against people that probably no one knows. But uh, every time he gets in there, he wins by knockout, bar against Yoel Romero. But who stops Yoel Romero? You know what I mean? Costa. Uh, it's just one of those things where I don't know where Dan Hardy's come from. And normally I would have considered Dan Hardy quite a smart guy. I think he thinks Adesanya's going to be able to pick him apart. But we saw Adesanya versus Gaslam, and Adesanya got hit quite a lot. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between getting hit by Kelvin Gaslam and getting hit by Paolo Costa. Definitely. And not only do you have that fight... We will crown a new Lloyd Heavyweight King at UFC 253 on Foyle Island. The Dominator, Dominic Reyes, steps in to fight Jan Blakowicz. This fight only happened on six weeks' notice. I'm very much looking forward to this. Well, normally for a title fight, you sort of know you have about 10 or 12 weeks. You know it's coming down the line. People weren't expecting John Jones to vacate his belt. And there we go. Although John Jones has been saying... You know, he's going to do that for a while. So Dominic Reyes should have been ready. Uh, he it's more complaints from his side than there is from Jan Blackwood's side. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, it might be a weight issue though. He might because uh, if if you look at the two guys, I would say Dominic Reyes would probably struggle to make weight more so than Jan Blackwood. Yeah, Jan Blackwood yeah. fought at one eighty five. Yeah, and Dominic Reyes is six foot four, so he definitely has a bigger frame. I think this one is actually quite a bit closer than most people give credit for. In terms of Jan Blackwich, you know, he's come into the light heavyweight division. Uh, he's not there with, uh, Luke Rockhold before that, then Sousa, then Corey Anderson. I mean, there are three really, really big wins in a row. I suppose Dominic Cruz, yeah, he knocked out uh, Chris Wyman, or Dominic Reyes, sorry, not Cruz, Reyes. He knocked out Chris Wyman, and uh, then he had that very razor-thin split decision loss to John Jones. Yeah. So it's quite quite a unique matchup. If I had to favor someone, I think I'd favor Dominic Reyes. 
I, I think he fires that left hand straight down the pipe, and I think that's probably his biggest weapon. I know John Jones said that's sort of all he had, but it was enough to bring John Jones to a decision. I think it'll be enough to get it done against Jan Blakovic. Jan sort of always tries to, to take a step forward as well, you know? He does, but I don't know whether he'll be able to, you know, impose his will, one might say, against Dominic Reyes the way he was against, you know, Jack Ray, who was also a, a middleweight. Luke Rockhold, who was also a middleweight. And then I think he more so just caught Corey Anderson, as opposed to, who isn't like the best striker, decent uh, wrestler. Or, or it could be like Jan to win by knockout or Dominic to win by decision. Or as TKO. Yeah, I, I, I could sort of see almost like a fourth round finish for Dominic uh, Reyes by TKO. What side of the fence, just between Israel, Adesanya and Paolo Costa, what side of the fence are you sitting on right now? Well, I think I'm going to put my money down on Paolo Costa because I think Israel Adesanya, by the sounds of things, is going to be a considerable favourite going into this fight. And I like Paolo Costa's chances of winning this fight. Yeah. Remember we saw him in New York and you were like, man, that's the best looking lad in the world. And I was yeah. like, better me. And you're like, yeah, man. And I was like, geez, a bit harsh, man. You could have just let my ego go for a bit there but uh, speaking of good looking people after yourself Ross Claudia Gade is on the card as well she is indeed uh, she's probably one of the best looking women in all of MMA no? fair? yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah she, now she is a bit of a she's gotten way stuck here now so like but uh, face definitely but unfortunately she won't be on the card though, Baz, because I just actually looked her up there and she's actually out with a knee injury. She's out for like three months now. Right, so she's off the, off the card. So, so the card's gotten worse looking now. Lads, you don't have to watch the weigh-ins anymore. Ah, oh, did they cancel <laughs> the weigh-ins? But speaking of good-looking people, Kai Kara France is on the card. He is indeed a training partner of Israel Adesanya. A win here for Kai Kara France could be enough to get him a title shot um, at the flyweight title. Why not? You know what I mean? He's uh, got a bit of a name for himself in vision that not many people do have a name for themselves. Uh, yeah, and yeah, sure, uh, he also was fighting Brandon Royval, who just beat Tim Elliott there on short notice. And in terms of Koi Car France, I think he's only lost, I think it's 3-1 in the UFC, so 4-1 might be a good enough uh, record to get yourself a shot at the winner of Figueroa versus Cody Garbrandt. Figueroa. Figueroa, Figueroa. Who, 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 who's your fancy for that one, by the way? Cody and Figueroa. Uh, I think Devison at the moment. I feel like I've seen Cody get knocked out three times. I think Devison has enough power to get that done. Yeah. Also okay. on that card, you have a retirement fight for Diego Sanchez as he fights Jake Matthews. Only a retirement fight till his next fight. No, he says this one's actually his last one. And I, I sort of believe him because he's 38 and... He's definitely been punched in the face enough. No, he has to fight. Um, this guy Taylor always has back and forth with Mike Perry. Oh, I don't know if I want to see that. I think Mike Perry's going to go up to uh, middleweight with the sound of things. No, maybe. But also, here this guy in this card as well, Nate Landwehr, was an absolute scrap last time as well. So make sure not to miss him on that. Ross, looking at the card now, UFC two fifty three. What would you give it a rate now to ten? I would give this rating. Uh, I'm gonna say eight and a half out of ten. It would have got a nine out of ten if the undercard um was a bit stronger. But like, I'm very much so staying up to watch Blackovich Reyes followed by 
the main event, Costa versus Adesanya. Yeah. But it was always going to get minimum eight, 8 out of 10 with Costa and Adesanya on yeah, top yeah. of the card. Yeah, yeah, I like 100% agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, Ross, then look, we may as well compare it to UC254 because um, we actually made a video on this a while ago how saying how excited we were. But like now, we are really excited if you're comparing two cards. Khabib, just in case you fight Island, winner takes all. I, I honestly do feel like this card is the best card of the year from top to bottom. Starting off with the Dagestani wreck machine that is Khabib Nurmagomedov. Big thing this time out is Khabib's father unfortunately passed away during this whole pandemic. So it'll be interesting to see what type of Khabib Nurmagomedov we get. Also, we did his entire camp in Dagestan and Russia. So will we get a better, more dedicated version of Khabib, if that's even possible? Or alternatively, will we get a Khabib whose mind is elsewhere? Did you, on the other hand... Did you, on, did you see hit the training video he put up on the... On the it looked like they were in like a it was it was a wrestling room so the walls are all mm. padded but like it also sort of looked like something out of like a, that a psychopath to be in in prison and there was just sweat all over the walls and people were writing the comments it was like they were right, people were writing that it looked like it was a murder scene or something but it just oh. when you go is he training hard he's training very hard he's training hard well that's what we want to see that's exactly what have, we want to see and then you have in the other corner Justin Gagey violence personified the most violent man the UFC has ever seen the human highlight reel himself this man has never not been in fight of the night he is <laughs> must see TV it does not get better than that main event yeah. UFC you're treating the fans to an absolute glorious fight people are even going as far to say Justin Gaethje is Khabib Nurmagomedov's kryptonite if you were to build a fighter to be Khabib Nurmagomedov, you'd want someone with very good wrestling. Check, Justin Gaethje. You want someone with very good leg, kick, leg kicks. Check, Justin Gaethje. And you want someone with knockout power in both hands. Check, Justin Gaethje. He ticks all the boxes that you would pick to be Khabib Nurmagomedov. I thought you were talking about uh, CM Punk for a second. But uh, Ross, what else is on the card that people should look out for as well? Because uh, obviously the headliner has, is definitely giving the card a 9 out of 10 feel. But... Uh, there's some big, big, big matchups scheduled. Well, we have a, not on the website now. But, we uh, have a, a number one contender middleweight fight between Robert Whitaker and Jared Canyon. The winner of this fight will most certainly meet the winner of Adesanya versus Costa. You also have Islam Makachev, one of Khabib's best training partners, going up against former UFC lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos is dropping back down to lightweight. He's looking to make another run of the title. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. On top of that, you have a fight that's been looked to be made as many times as Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. You have Zabit versus Yair Rodriguez. I actually paused because I was going to attempt to say his name and then I decided I won't. Uh, but that main card is about it was stacked as it gets. It really, really is. Uh, uh, yeah, go on ahead. You're not hitting record. It is. It's recording right now. Go. Oh, I can't see it. This fight has been tried to make as many times as Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. <laughs> the Beast versus Yair Rodriguez. I think it's the fourth time this get has been scheduled to be made. That one's guaranteed to be an absolute banger. 
You have about four different fully main events being put on this main card. It does well, not get much better than that. Why does the UFC obsessed with this fight? Though? Like, why, why does it have to happen? I think there was like bad blood for a while. And this was the fight that famously uh, Yair Rodriguez turned down and UFC tried to cut him. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I mean, Leon Edwards versus Masvidal, the, like, that, that is way more... <laughs> the UFC just must have something against Yair Rodriguez. They're like, you're not getting out of this, and that's it. Yeah, well, I think Yair Rodriguez must have had to talk himself into being like, right, I can definitely beat this guy because <laughs> he just keeps on fighting that guy and that's it. Like, he even fought Jeremy Stevens twice in a row to get out of having to fight to beat. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they, they, see, that must be the weird thing. Obviously, we wouldn't know firsthand, but, like, if you're scheduled to fight someone like numerous times, Tony Ferguson could be, but, but definitely not. And then, like, you're like, you, all you can see is them when you go to wake up in the morning and you go to sleep, you know, and then the fight doesn't happen. You're like, I'm after wasting so much energy wanting to fight this guy and it never happens. That must be absolutely mental. Like, I wonder if you could add up the amount of time as in days or hours that could be when Tony Ferguson was booked. And so, like, it could have been like, they could have spent like a solid six months scheduled to fight each other mm. and never do it. Like, that's a waste sure. of six months. Sure, look at uh, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Stipe actually fought Daniel Cormier three times in a row. The goat, yeah. He was thinking about uh, DC for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two years straight. Yeah, that's why he looks so amazing. Yeah, uh, Ross, any, any other fights in this card that we should definitely look out for? You've obviously mentioned Zabit's on the card, uh, you've mentioned Rob Whitaker's on the card. Khabib's well, Kate. you're also you're also going to get a little look into um, Volkov versus Harris, so like you get a bit of heavyweight flair to it as well, which is nice. That is very, I nice. mean, like this, this is a card that shouldn't be too hard to stay up till six o'clock in the morning to watch i know man so like if we'd give we're we're after giving ufc 240 uh sorry two yeah 243 253 253 yeah sorry we're after giving ufc 253 adesanya versus costa uh eight and a half out of ten and then this card what are you giving it i'm giving it nine and a half out of ten just because like well uh, like the the main card is absolutely brilliant you have gorge match former champion Former champion in number one contender match, and then like an absolute elite title fight. Yeah, but uh, and do you know what as well? Oh, hold on. Oh. Aren't they not meant to be t- putting Ferguson and uh, Poirier on the card as well? That actually is supposed to be on the card, but Poirier said he hasn't been offered a contract yet. See, that, that's why it should be unreal. But then uh, the great thing as well about it is this will all t- like everyone will know what the sort of situation is after with the Conor McGregor situation because obviously he's waiting mm. out to, to fight. If Khabib, if Gaethje wins, convincingly, he'll probably fight Conor. But if Khabib wins, he'll probably fight Tony Ferguson if Tony Ferguson beats Poirier. But like things will, with the the stars will align and we'll we can see we'll see the the path for each fighter after that as well, which is always very exciting to discuss in the build up. What would you think if? Tony Ferguson signs fight Poirier and then Gagey gets injured and then we actually get Ferguson versus Khabib. You see, like, uh, they might put Michael Chandler in. Like, I mean, this is, things can change in an instant, you know, it's, uh, and this you know is what? true. Yeah, and Dana White is so good at the change of stuff over and just, just changing the card, like, with a snap of the fingers, Max Holloway comes in, you know, and this, that, and the other, Shad Mendes comes in, this time the other Anderson Silva versus Daniel Cormier I can't believe we nearly forgot about uh, Poirier versus Ferguson 
I know, but like when you're when you're doing when you do a show and you're like you discuss nearly everything, you're always going to forget one more thing. Well, it took it took the main man Baswell to to bring in the gold dust again. The gold dust, man. Man, what would you do without me? You'd be you'd be like, man, you're you're the a you're the a side of this pay per view, man. You're the a side. Man, if it wasn't for me, you'd be so much further. <laughs> but uh, Ross, there's obviously uh, we've anything else to say about them two cards because I'm looking forward to both of them before we get into this weekend's action. No, it should be it should be really really good. Uh, also, speaking of rivalries and Foyle, we're also going to see uh, Korean Zombie versus um, Brian Ortega. I'm looking forward to that one on Foyle Island. Yeah, we as always we'll be keeping everyone up to date on all the action as well. So if you are new to the show, make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, and make sure to tell Ross he'd be so much further without me. But uh, Ross. Before we get into this weekend's action, Alistair Overeem won again, finally, um, in the fifth round against Sakai. Uh, before getting into the, any nonsense, can you, or is this the last chance Overeem's ever going to get to become a UFC heavyweight champion? Because I'd love to see it, man. And also, he's fought in four different decades. Yeah, I think it is his last chance. I think he knows the last chance. But he looks very, very good. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I feel like in his last couple of fights, and including the Rosenstruck fight, he's fought very, very intelligently. He's, you know, literally ran away from people to get out of the danger zone. Yeah. And I, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with that, given him place and time. And in terms of his skill set alone, could he actually become a UFC champion? He could. Like, is it completely outrageous to think Overeem could knock out Stipe Miocic. Not really. Is it completely outrageous to think Overeem could take down Ghani for five rounds the way Stipe did? Not really. So, anything is possible. Yeah, and, like, when you have Overeem's talent, definitely possible. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you know what's going to be really disappointing when, like, all the really old guard are gone and, like, mm. the, the old guard will be, like, Max Holloway. Yeah, sure. That's what happens in all sports, though. You know what I mean? It's like in football, you know, when Messi and Ronaldo leave, or in the rugby when Bruno Driscoll and Paulo Connell left. You know what I mean? The new, the new talent will emerge. I think Overeem, though, is going to fight the winner of Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis next. I feel like that's a fair fight for him to take next. Yeah. Well, then uh, we'll get into this weekend's action because uh, there is UFC on again uh, let me just get the card up here Ross uh, it's on Saturday it's been headlined by Michelle Watterson against Angela Hill also Army Billy Quarantillo is on the card as well against Kyle Nelson Army on Billy, the Billy <laughs> um, on the Billy we actually are friends with Billy on uh, Instagram which is hilarious um, yeah um, for me the main people who I'm, I'm watching in front of this card is uh, Otman Azatar uh, he is fighting against Kamara Worthy. I feel like the winner of that fight um, could do big things in that lightweight division. Um, Azatar, which is another hard name sign, is actually with Dominance MMA, and I'm pretty sure he's 11-0, so he looks like someone to definitely look out for. Uh, Alan Patrick versus Bobby Green has like fight of the night written all over. Uh, Barry, can you ever remember Bobby Green not being in a good fight? No, I remember in his last fight he was... He was uh, he got really deep after it as well. And then uh, Baz, your mate Brian Barberine is fighting Anthony Ivy. Now I know nothing about Anthony Ivy, but you love Brian Barberina. Yeah, ever since he beat Sage Northbutt and ruined 
says Norput on it. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Roosevelt, Roberts, Floyd, Mafavola. That's a bit of a grudge match. They're both contender series guys. So they're sort of the ones I think to look out for. The main events, realistically, probably going to go five rounds. If not, I would back Michelle Watterson to win by submission maybe in the fourth or fifth round. I think she's a bit better on the ground. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, then also Bellator is on this week as well. There's one on. There's Bellator 245 is on Friday night. And then Bellator 246 is on Saturday night. Uh, the 245 card is being headlined by Phil Davis versus Leona Machida for the second time. And on Saturday night, Juan Arcelet has taken on Patchy Mix for the Bantamweight World title as well. Yeah, um, I think Phil Davis probably winning the decision there. Uh, Catherine Gannon is also on that card. And then I like Patchy Mix to win that uh, Bantamweight belt. He's undefeated. He's a young guy. I'd be excited to see him. You have a few other nice names like John Fitch fighting Neiman Grace on that card. So if you're into the jiu-jitsu, it could be one to watch out. Yeah. Another thing, a uh, massive shout-out to Stephen McKenna who was on the show last week. He went in and... Uh, Absolutely dominated in the first round. Uh, very, very scary guy. Yeah, he absolutely assaulted his opponent. Uh, it was very uh, Kazmach Maev assault. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was. But uh, yeah, here, uh, I just want to say, you're a long enough show. Um, yeah, myself and Ross got like, some decent news there during the week. And um, obviously, it's got something got to do with MMA. Um, let's see what happens over the next few weeks. But um, thanks, man, for everyone tuning in because we, uh, it, it, like, I know we do the show no matter what anyway, but it's just uh, you get a message that something cool could happen. You're like, oh shit. Better yeah, wear a red t shirt. You know what's going down. No, guys, uh, again, thanks, man, for watching. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay energized.